0: Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Friends, welcome back today. We've got a conversation i recorded a couple weeks ago out in Hollywood, California. Uh, But before we get that, let me tell you about two things. First of all, let me tell you about the sponsor for this month. Now... If some of you are connected to churches, some of you might be leading in churches, some of you might be ministers at churches, let me tell you about an organization called Matthew 1128 that uh, some of my good friends uh, are leaders with, for, at. Matthew 1128 is a group that provides individual and group spiritual direction. They do retreats, mentoring for young ministers and staff spiritual formation. Uh, My friend, Risa Higgins is the executive director of 1128 Ministries and uh, you're going to hear from her later this month, but they do a lot of great things for uh, preventing uh, burnout which we all know is a big deal for ministers. They help with renewal for ministers, spiritual lives for ministers, safe places to seek God. Matthew 1128, it's a great organization that I highly recommend you guys checking out, especially if you work at a church and you need a safe place to help you be spiritually renewed. So check out Matthew eleven twenty eight for that. If you're a church leader and you care about your ministers, this might be something that would be a great resource for you. So uh, that's a sponsor for this month. And later this month, we're going to do another mailbag that's coming up in just a few weeks, the end of November. So if you've got a question, you got a comment, you've got something you want discussed on the mailbag podcast, what I want you to do is send me a voice memo, email it to Luke at com. You can just record it on your phone like I'm actually doing right now for this intro and email it over to me. If you don't want to do that, send me a Facebook message or hit me up on a normal email, Luke at Luke and you can be on the podcast. So Mailbag Podcast coming up. Brent Sullivan is who I'm talking with today, a very funny comedian that I got to know uh, when he was opening for Pete Holmes a couple weeks ago in Dallas. And uh, this is a real interesting conversation that I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, it's a little different. It's a comedian. It's not a theologian. It's not a pastor. It's not an author. But it's, um, it's a conversation I think you're going to enjoy. All right. Here we go. Read it? Yeah. I'm read it aloud don't, don't read anything first, all right, friends, welcome back to the show. Today we've got uh, a fun one. We're- Senior minister? That's my title. That's, Whoa. That's my new title.
1: Someone.
0: I need to tell you your title. You're as com- comedian, mm-hmm. funny person?
1: The uh, comedian would be fine.
0: Brent Sullivan. Mm-hmm, I think that's it's correct. A- and we are, what What town is this? Is this Hollywood? This
1: is Hollywood, yep. Hey. We're in Ho- Hollywood, Florida. Beautiful town. <laughs> no, we are in Hollywood, California. Forget you, Ryan Seacrest, who told me I'd never go to Hollywood. Believe it or not, in the, in the job description of a senior minister. Okay. What does it say? For Westover Hills Church of Christ. That's me. There are the following words. Glorify God.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. That's, that's a
1: big one. That's part of my job. That is that is a big part of your job, and uh, and I'm glad to hear that they've enumerated <laughs> that in the job description.
0: We we don't want to leave anything to chance. <laughs> right. We're taking things very. <laughs> they don't want to hire any atheists or anything. <laughs> no, that would mess things up. What happened is, I like to have a scratched piece of paper. And that was my job description was in my bag. So Again,
1: you're you're free to edit whatever you'd like. So mm-hmm. if you want to edit out my voice the entire time and we just have sort of a running commentary of you, that's just, fine.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: Um has there how often do you meet uh and feel free to take control of the conversation no, at any let's point do because I, I generally a podcast, just like to you know ramble to ask and ask questions. questions. Yeah, that's good. Uh I do have a podcast, and we were going to actually uh, reference this because I was, I was looking at your podcast online, and it, it had lots of uh, – yeah, I think you were averaging five-star five, five star reviews Out of on five, iTunes. Yeah. Mine is not averaging five-star reviews. I've had a handful, not- of, a handful of ones in a row, <laughs> which I'm not – I don't feel – by the way, the most annoying was I received one – I received one one-star review – that, that said, the all it said was, meh, like <laughs> M-E-H, M-E-H, meh. By the way, meh is a three-star review.
0: You got a three for meh? No,
1: I got one for meh. Because three would be average. That's inconsistent. Meh is three stars. And you,
0: see what the difference if, is.
1: If, if we're being consistent here, folks, like meh. Should be three, two at the worst. Not a meh one. was like, meh, what are you going to do? One is a negative. One ne- is a terrible, like I'm going out of my way to make you look bad in front of your high school friends.
0: Yeah. That's what that is.
1: That's what that is. The,
0: the difference though is my audience are like <clears throat> probably like church people or sure. like spiritual Very people. positive. And so they have this sense of <laughs> obligation. Like you have to. Yeah. I feel like I'm jinxing myself just saying that though.
1: Do you have any one star reviews? I don't know. Maybe from the Phelps family. But, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think they listen.
1: Yeah, probably not. I
0: don't think Fred's doing much podcasting mm-hmm. these days. Mm. At, no.
1: Well, he's dead, but yeah.
0: Which is one of the big drawbacks to... Yeah, right. Like, you
1: can't do that when you you're not can, You can't podcast when you're, uh, when you're in the afterlife. Yeah. How often would you say in all of your travels and in meeting ministers, how often do you meet a minister uh, or a person of faith? Oh, I'll say, no, I'll say minister, sorry. Yeah, we'll go minister. Um, who has lost their faith. And, and But they're still going through the motions because they've done it for so long.
0: Hmm. I have friends who are authentic about their struggle with faith. Sure. And who, I think I met one of them. You did?
1: That guy in oh, Dallas. Rob. Yeah, yeah, Rob Carmack. I think he, great.
0: Yeah, he's authentic. I, yeah. I have a lot of friends who are very authentic, mm-hmm. and they don't think that being a Christian means that you never have doubt. Sure. And so I feel like the stream <clears throat> that I swim in are a lot of people who are accustomed and comfortable dealing with their own... Humanity in their faith. Um, I, I really don't have any people that I'm close with who I think have just mailed it in and said, "Yeah, eh, this is a, a decent lifestyle for me." Yeah. and uh, I just am going to keep doing this
1: Does that happen more when you get bigger? When you get bigger churches, you become a little bit more disjointed from the faith, and it hmm. becomes more about money or whatever.
0: I don't know. Like I don't have any friends in the the Joel Osteen circle, sure. and so they. <sighs> pro- I'm not saying Joel has lost his faith. Yeah, by of any course means, I hear you.
1: But That's he's huge. Right. He is huge. Yeah.
0: And, and a great smile. He really does have a Yeah,
1: a million-dollar smile. smile. He does see, for what it's worth, he seems like a nice guy. I To me. If
0: you saw Joel on the street and you are like, hey, I've got a couple hours to kill, and he said, hey, I want to hang out, what do you think a fun thing to do with Joel would be?
1: You know, honestly, I don't know. I can't I, – I, I mean, I think I would just like to talk with him. I mean – Oh, yeah. Because uh, as a non-believer. I enjoy um, robust, hearty discussions, okay. and uh, I don't consider myself, uh, you know, particularly dogmatic mm-hmm. either. Uh, I just have my own beliefs, and like for instance, whenever Mormons come to our come to my door, mm-hmm. uh, I love inviting them in. Do you? Because I love having, I love hearing them pitch what they believe. Because I think a lot of times, especially, I mean, I'll, I'll say Mormons because it's happened a lot, especially when I lived in New York. Um, <clears throat> was that uh, you know they kind of I imagine most of the time they're coming across people who either hate that they're at their door mm-hmm. or people who are already pretty warm to the notion that they're Mormons and at their door so they're I think they either have you know a a warm audience or a very cold audience
0: and so what are you? You're kind and so
1: of I tried to be like a middle ground a where lukewarm. I'm like, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you're probably not going to convince me, but I, I want to hear your sales pitch. I want to hear, hmm. uh, let's have a discussion about this.
0: That's nice of you. Mm-hmm. So when we met, uh, you and Pete Holmes were, uh, perf- what is it? Like the verb for what you stand up in, in? It uh, already I-N-G, stand-up. We evening. are
1: comedians, and we were performing in performing, Dallas. Performing,
0: performing, that's the word. You were performing. Per, performing in Dallas, and so uh-huh. I got to to meet you and Pete at the same time, and I was uh, recording a podcast with Pete, yeah. and you said, I'm really excited about this or interested in this. Yeah. Is that that same sort of interest in
1: the— Yeah. Well, also because Pete is a—he's a very super smart, so funny, and and spiritual— person but i don't talk about that with him much we don't talk about it much really occasionally but just not much because yeah because i don't bring it up and i'm not uh, yeah we just it's not really something that we've chatted about a ton okay so i was interested to hear what what he had to say why and and that sort of thing okay um and and almost like like with uh when i invite mormons in, i was looking for i was going to see how you responded to him like what your approach was. Were you looking hmm. were you are you looking to were you just looking to have a conversation and make it open or were you actually looking to, to proselytize or like or convince him of certain things? Ooh, okay. And uh, and so I was interested to see what your response to him so was So you were
0: in be. the room the whole time <laughs> and uh so you were kind of evaluating I was drunk by the way yeah. <laughs> no no kidding, edit
1: that too we i don't know i
0: might i don't know
1: whatever you want
0: yeah. <laughs> well okay so in the conversation did it come across well let's
1: let's let's take a pause because oh no you can probably edit because it's because it's two mics Yes. i was gonna say i always know to pause
0: no we got two mics, for so a second. we can do
1: that. Uh, because like I only just use one mic, so yeah, like I'm always like take USB a moment. Mic. If I'm gonna edit something, I'm like take a moment, so it's easier. Um, what were you going to say?
0: No. So you were watching the whole conversation mm-hmm. and you were wondering, is Luke going to engage in the conversation? Is he going to try to proselytize? Is yeah. he going to try to stab him? Yeah. Uh, which of the, like, What? How did, how did it come across? Well, you
1: did try to stab him. Remember that?
0: Well, that was really not because of anything he said. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, not like about faith, but he made fun of my ring.
1: Yeah, right. That that he He didn't make fun of your ring. I think he liked your ring.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. He said the rubber ring. He thought it was cool. Yeah. yeah. Why I did saw, you do that again? Because of Jimmy Fallon. Because like he fell down. Oh, that's right. I got lightheaded when you
1: said that. Ooh. You like Fallon? No, I uh, I, I get lightheaded when I talk about blood Ooh, and injuries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did I passed out one time right before church because <laughs> mm-hmm. I got a cut on my thumb? If you look uh, really close, and it ha- like I literally.
1: I'm fanning myself to all the listeners. This,
0: is this like a bit? Are you really? No, that? I
1: I actually lose. I actually pass out. I get a vasovagal. I think that's what it's called. Vaso-vagal response to blood. It's it's a little bit more specific. I can like we can talk about your thumb injury. Mm-hmm. I just can't think about it too much. Uh, or you really will pass out. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll start that process. I'll so, go down that road. Let me
0: tell you, if that did happen, unlike my parishioners who <laughs> came up and took a picture of me. Nice. Literally, they had, they took a picture. in my last Sunday, they they showed the picture on the, the screen. Oh, you passed out on your last Sunday? No, no, no. This is before. Oh, but they saved the it. picture until the last Sunday. Got it. So if that happened, I would not do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do, but I wouldn't Appreciate take a picture. <laughs> Unless you're out for a long time. Okay, circle back, circle back. So uh, Pete didn't get stabbed.
1: No, we no we did not.
0: No, no stabbing.
1: Uh so what did I think of the interview? Yeah, what did you think? I thought, thought it was great. I thought it was interesting. I loved what Pete had to say. I thought you played like a very like hands-off role where you just kind of let him talk and yeah. you just kind of engaged in conversation but there you didn't disagree with anything, you didn't like press him on anything. Um you you didn't even talk about your faith as much as I thought you would. You were just hmm. kind of like let's just chat.
0: Did that did you think I needed to talk about my faith No. More? Yeah. No, not at all. See, I feel like um, you listen to people and you hear their story, and right. um, if they ask questions, you. you but I, I don't. I don't think I need to, like, shove my beliefs down someone's throat. I don't think that's.
1: So when, you, like, if so, when you come across uh, someone of uh, another minister who's who's having this period of doubt, okay. What is your response to that? How do you how do you how do you embrace that person?
0: I would I would want to go into their story and let them. Yeah, I'd like that you raise that cup. Like, oh, I was I was moving my okay, sleeve try. down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need a video. <laughs>
1: was I offering this up my coffee up to God yeah, it's and a, then <laughs> a libation is what they
0: call that a drink offering? So my
1: dad uses that word all the time. Yeah, that,
0: I thought your dad was an atheist. Mm-hmm. He was
1: okay. Well, he was raised Catholic though. Oh, Okay, fair enough.
0: Okay, so if someone comes up to me and says that they uh, no faith at all, do you want to just pretend to be that person? By I mean, the
1: way, I, I I'm sorry. Yes. I, I should not say that my dad would necessarily say he's an atheist. I would okay. say non-believer. Continue. Non-believer. <clears throat> yes. I mean, roughly the same thing. I just feel like I've used that word before, and he's like, I'm not that, son. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Geez. Anyway.
0: Okay, if your dad listens, he'll know that yeah. y- you've referred to him as a <laughs> non-believer and <non-athiest>. un <laughs> Yes, I think that's
1: probably a little, little more okay, fair.
0: Okay, so if someone, anyone, a minister or a normal human being, said that they are wrestling with their dad, I would first, I just want to hear him. Yeah. express what they're going through. Right. Because I feel like a lot of times when people have doubts, they don't feel like they can express them. And so it just stays inside of them, and it gets perpetually worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And one of the things I think ultimately a community is supposed to do is we're trying to say we are all in this together, and right. you're not the only one to struggle with X, Y, or Z. Right. And that's part of, I think, faith, is that like faith and doubt are not enemies. But uh, I think there's a guy named Frederick Buechner who said, doubt is the ants in the pants of faith. That keeps it moving. and so It's a like,
1: cute way of putting it. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But
0: I, I think that's part of the dance of authentic faith is that you wrestle with it. And there's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of stories throughout the Judeo Christian sacred text that has people who are expressing their doubt and God is big enough to handle them.
1: So the doubt that you come across, um, <clears throat> like on a scale from zero to 10, okay. uh, how, where where is that doubt? So zero is a a firm firm fervent believer, and a and a ten is a is a fervent non believer. Bill Maher will say, right? Okay, yeah, he's uh, antagonistic. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a little um, like what what level of doubt do you generally see the most? Like when you when you come across someone who's like, eh, is it? Let me put it another way. Yeah, are they just having a rough week? And it's like, oh, it's hard it's hard to uh, imagine uh, God this week because I've. I got three parking tickets. <laughs> uh,
0: See, that's that's like a one to me. That's like, yeah, oh yeah. well, you know, you know, yeah. I had these bad things break and they didn't work out the way I want them to. Mm. Okay, that's a one. So whatever. Mm-hmm. The, what I'm gravitate i I gravitate towards are people who deal with like the very abstract, like hard issues of you know why is there evil in the world? Why does this suffering kind of happen? Yeah, and trying to make sense of God in light of that, not mm-hmm. like. God removed from that not as oh God is like God is your magical unicorn to get you away from that kind of stuff, right. but a faith that can uh that can survive in like some of the the most adverse parts of life because if it's not good news everywhere, it's not good news at all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, yeah uh, so
1: <clears throat> so what so someone who's having uh, who's struggling with uh, who's having one of those doubt days or mm-hmm. weeks, what number is that?
0: I've never tried to put it on a scale, so sure. I don't really know. Uh, so spitballing off top of my head. Am I being a little too rigid here? All no, right. <laughs> I, li- I like – you're just kind of interviewing me. This is kind of – Well, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I think um, – so if someone if someone lives with that perpetual struggle with the complexity of life, I don't – I wouldn't even call that like a doubt, like they don't have faith. I think they're just fully in tune and aware with the, the paradox of life, mm-hmm. that there is a good God and the world sucks sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I I would almost want to use a different language of like being fully aware of the complexity and the mystery of life. Mm-hmm. And I think some people don't ever have those doubts because they live in this sheltered existence in which they've kind of buried their head against, in the sense that they aren't aware of the real troubling parts of life.
1: Well, it's also, I, I think, uh, I mean, I feel like that's a statement that that's, comes from someone who has experienced a lot of privilege. And that's, that's myself. I think that's probably most people in when i say privilege i mean sort of like a macro perspective in this point i don't mean how much money your parents made i mean like uh you know a a socioeconomically stable country a yeah. politically stable country yes. you yeah. know you haven't seen famine you you know you haven't experienced severe no. um we haven't really experienced uh no. serious illness i mean i guess aids counts but that's a, a slightly different than yes. say you know, if you have Clarified. a child, and there's a chance it'll die of malaria.
0: You said we've experienced AIDS. Are you saying one of us in this room has it? <laughs> no, <laughs> but in our in our lifetime. But we've experienced um, that. We've like that's part of. Yes,
1: it's it's a part. Yeah, I mean, I mean, was born in 1983. So yeah, or 19. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, edit that. Um, <laughs> and uh, were you not really born then, or you don't want to tell? No, I just don't like. Uh, I I forgot. I started lying about my age, but then I forget it. So I'm like, oh. now I have to be consistent. I have to start lying constantly well, about I'm, my age. But I'm older than I you I was born in 1989
0: I was born in 81 mm-hmm. so
1: And you should start Lying about it Luke
0: Okay I, <laughs> I was born in 71 in Is <laughs> that the wrong You're direction? Wrong direction Wrong direction <laughs> But okay So you went Didn't you go to Michigan Is that right?
1: I went to University of Michigan So yep. it's a
0: great school You mm-hmm. went to a great school And obviously,
1: I, I, I'm sorry I would argue it's Perhaps the finest institution <laughs> in the world. But, yes, continue.
0: Um, okay, it's the finest institution in the world. Uh, <laughs> who has lost their uh, NCAA uh, banners? Well,
1: dang it, Chris Webber. I actually don't even follow the sports, but uh, I mean, I, I I know Jim Harbaugh. That's about it. Wow, he's our football coach now,
0: and he, and he wears a lot of khakis. So that's, <laughs> that's great. right. Yeah. Okay, but the point guy. is, we've uh, we both come from. In the greater scheme of things, yeah, greater fluency, yeah. Like I'd I never had to worry about food; never was an issue, right? Right. And I think sometimes faith does never deal with the complexity that there are plenty of people who do deal with those issues, right?
1: With that said, I think the dichotomy is that you know I think sometimes faith can be even stronger and more pervasive in very poor countries, yeah. and that might be uh, actually a stronger argument for faith, which is that. People need it more when you're suffering through famine or, or, you know, civil unrest or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's yeah. a feather in your cap. We'll put that in there, and <laughs> and I think there's a lot of truth to that. We don't have to edit that out. We no, can keep that's, that one in. That's,
0: we've done really, really good. <laughs> sure. Well done. Okay, so can I ask a question about your faith? Like, you uh, sure, of or, course. So you grew up with parents that were non-believers. You're not going to call them that's atheist. correct. And did you ever have, like, an exploration into faith, or did you ever just say, eh, let me try it out, or it was always, eh, nothing? Well,
1: I, so I grew up in, in a college town, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, you grew up there, too? I grew up there as well, and Ann Arbor is, uh, you know, very standard. Uh, it's very historically liberal, and uh, and I would say th- insofar as it's the standard college town where there's a lot of— well, I live in yeah, Austin, a lot of Texas. Jews and a lot of non-believers. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, now
0: I feel like I live in a standard college town now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, Austin. I, I, absolutely, yes. I think Austin and Madison and Lawrence, Kansas, and um, you know, and I mean, uh, every Ma- state does, has one it, does or two. Malibu,
0: California, count as
1: <sighs> no, because no. I think Pepperdine is really conservative. Oh, Okay.
0: Okay. So you grew up in Ann Arbor.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Ann Arbor, bastion of liberalism, bastion of of liberal of liberal thought. And uh, I had very, very few friends who went to church regularly. 10. Um, and I remember getting, I remember, like, via osmosis. Uh, in fact, here's a story I sometimes I'll tell. Okay. Uh, this is uh, sort of a, uh, a story about how principled my dad is. But uh, Via osmosis at a very early age, maybe 8, 9, 10, I remember thinking or, or at some point believing that if you don't believe in God, you'll go to hell. Okay, and I must have learned this somewhere in school. I don't know where. Excuse me, edit that out. <laughs> um, I don't want anyone on this podcast hearing me burp. Okay,
0: okay. So you uh, learned if, if you don't believe in so, God, you go yeah, to hell.
1: So you go to hell. So I remember somehow knowing that my dad did not believe in God. Okay. So I remember just sobbing one day, like one night, sobbing and saying just. Saying to my dad, "Please just tell me that you believe in God, so I know that you'll go to heaven if something happens to you." And he he looked at me. He's like, "Never." <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how that's how rigid and principled he is. But that's I mean, uh, that's also I think a value that you would appreciate. He cannot lie, that's, and he won't lie.
0: That's very admirable. Uh,
1: and so, uh, and and that was, uh, t- to my understanding, that was the last time I remember actually worrying about like heaven and hell and belief and all this sort of thing. It was right then. Uh, I, I shouldn't say right. Yeah. then. It didn't that, just flash out I of know, my but, mind, but it, that was like the last time I remember having like an existential crisis about it. Okay. Um, my parents actually every holiday they would tell us, you know, they would teach us kind of like uh, what the holiday represents, what Easter means, what Christmas hmm. means, uh, so, you know, the, the religious history behind it. Sometimes they would actually go into what, other people, what scholars? You know, for instance, the cliche: Christ probably wasn't born on December twenty fifth. <gasps> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So they would go through those those basics, but uh, um, other than that, it, it wasn't discussed. And i i I never was interested in going.
0: Yeah, and so you go to New York, and then you end up in L.A., and I assume that, like, everyone kind of in this Hollywood area would just get together for Bible studies every night. <laughs> you think so? Is that, is that a <laughs> false assumption? Because I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Hollywood. I just assumed, because every time someone wins an award, they yeah. say, thank God. And so I thought that was just a reflection of the high percentage of Bible studying.
1: Is that – no, I'm wrong? <laughs> no. Oh. you Wait, you couldn't possibly be serious, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh I, I remember, so I, I, I told you earlier in the podcast, I would invite Mormons into my home in New York. Yeah. Because uh, I always enjoyed discussing. And of course, I have plenty of Mormon friends, too. Again, I, I want to stress this was not out of disrespect by any means. Um, uh, but I remember once, every time they would come in, I would always ask them, is Brooklyn like the worst beat you could get as a missionary? <laughs> because Brooklyn even though it's a great place mm-hmm. and it's so much fun to live i feel like for a mormon missionary it's got to be the worst because it's just jews catholics and atheists and everyone is very set in their ways mm-hmm. and <laughs> and i can only imagine that like some some you know some kid somewhere about to start their you know Missionary work, you know, fingers crossed for Nicaragua, <laughs> Guatemala, some war-torn part of the world. Please, please give me Congo. He opens up his envelope. Brooklyn. It's the worst. It's terrible. It's the, I, I, th- I would guess that would be the worst place to go if you wanted to be a, a successful missionary. So,
0: and you just think it's from the people's tradition? Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, of course, being silly. Uh, perhaps it's great. But uh, I feel like... <clears throat> Yeah, I, f- I don't know. May- maybe super Catholic countries are, for instance, I, I believe most Central American countries are Catholic. I I believe maybe they're worse for a sort of a, a different faith. But uh, yeah. I just I feel like people in America tend to be kind of set in their ways, especially big cities like that.
0: Yeah, and Hollywood would you say is similar?
1: Hollywood would I would say would be very similar.
0: What, uh, <coughs> but uh, the Passion of the Christ came out. I figured everyone would watch that and it would change Hollywood. And
1: it's, I think it was what 04?
0: I feel like it's just kind of one of those things that takes some time. Was it? Like, was
1: that like? like was red. that like? Your Lord of the Rings when that came <laughs> out? Did you like lose it when Pass of the Christ came out? Were you so excited?
0: We, the church I was a part of did like rent out a theater. Sure. And then they went, went and watched. That makes it. sense. It was, yeah. Did you like it? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it was there was a lot of blood. It was very very gory. And, Luke. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But, no, he, I'm just but here's, here's the thing. The, uh, <clears throat> so Mel Gibson's type of Catholicism is, I, I believe he's a pre Vatican II Catholic. He's, so uh. his Catholicism was kind of like the 1,000, 1,100, something like that, uh, 1,000 years ago. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the ways they interpreted the Christian story was through like the pain and suffering. And so that's why his story was so like gory and bloody. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you read a lot of the gospel writers, theirs is more about the shame mm-hmm. of Jesus. And so the way he read it and portrayed it on the screen is the way he told a story was it maybe more focused on the plan- the pain and less on the shame. And so it's maybe a little different take.
1: But well, I also think,
0: uh... and it's kind of like the Braveheart character,
1: right? Like that's kind of his. Well, I also think that's that's what sways minds. That's what sells more. And I think it's I think it's a cheap tactic used by by tons of people hmm. uh i mean it's used by the movie industry as is i mean you can you can you can watch a movie now in which you can see slow motion someone's head explode when they're shot in the face you know there are movies in which you can see that do you now. ever slow motion that and then now. so you can no, pass out? that's what the that's what the editors do <laughs> they'll <laughs> slow it down for you um uh abortion i don't it's fine Abortion comments Animal I, I have friends who are in the animal rights movement They do the same thing Where they just If they show The blood and the suffering That's what That's what they They yeah. think Gets people to uh, Change their minds faster yeah, And I, I I don't know if it's true though
0: I, I think it definitely garters, I mean it sells well, Yeah it definitely sells Now but, in terms of the long term Sustainability of Right you know, Life change Whether it's animal rights Or you know Take on abortion Or, or right. Christianity Right uh, I think there's a Yeah that's a fair critique Right
1: yeah.
0: No. Is uh, Do you eat meat? I, I,
1: yes. Yeah, me too. Okay, good. Uh
0: your friend Pete. Our friend Pete. Can I say Pete? I'm sure. Yeah, he's my friend. He's uh he's not a meat eater. He's a vegan. He's vegan. Yeah. Now, would you ever do that?
1: I become a vegan? Or or stop eating meat. I
0: had a friend when I lived in Atlanta for a summer who decided to become a vegan because he had a friend who uh, took the vegan course not for health reasons but because of animal rights. Sure. Which I think is that Pete's take as well, maybe? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Either – this one was – My j- leg fell asleep, so okay. i to do this. Okay, yeah. Do whatever you need to do. But um, so his friend said, uh, I'm going vegan because of animal rights. And so my friend said, I will become a vegan as a way of befriending you, like, and, and so we can become friends and I can understand what you're going through and to support you. And I joined him in that for 40 days or 42 nice. days. And it was terrible It's tough It was awful It's tough
1: Yeah but you get, you, I mean I think you could do it if you were in like an Asian Because getting rid of dairy is hard in this country I, see, I, I could give up meat I think in theory I might not be thrilled about it But getting rid of dairy would be really tough
0: That would bother See I could get rid of dairy <clears throat> Except for ice cream and pizza But the, the meat thing that would bother me No way Yeah that's it Huh Yeah the animal I feel like that's every meal is like a, something dead yeah. yeah. So, um, hmm. but yeah, that's that's a that's a cause that uh,
1: Pete cares about. Great. That has a. a, a, a do you come across a lot, of, a lot of vegetarians? I mean, you're you're down in Texas. That's a stereotype, but
0: uh, you can. That is you're in the, the big cities. That is a, a very accurate stereotype. because <laughs> People in Texas yeah. like their animals. Yeah, is they it, do. Is right? that more prevalent out here? Yeah, I
1: I I mean, I would probably say sure. No. Uh, I I have a lot of friends who are vegetarian. Couple who are vegan too, of course, but wow. um,
0: I respect their commitment to cause. That's <clears throat> yeah, very admirable. Yeah, me too. I have it's I, I have I have one friend who's a vegan I know in Texas, mm-hmm. but uh, that's it. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk to you about uh, can we talk stand up and sure. preaching? Of course. Okay, so uh, in in like society, yeah, like the rare times that people sit down and listen to someone talk uh, and like close their mouth for an extended period of time, I don't know of anything else besides your job and my job. Can you think of anything else? Like, like, besides out of, like, teachers, out of school, yeah. like, when you're, yeah. like, you choose to go there out of your own volition. Obviously, you need to go listen to me or you're going to burn in hell. Um, so course. that's part of it. Foregone conclusion, <laughs> right? But you're, like, yours is, like, people pay to listen to you talk. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty.
1: Sometimes not very much money, but <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, um, would you consider yourself a power-motivated guy? Or like what do you what is your motivation to get on sta- to I called it stage. Stage. It's a What there is your is motivation to, to preach?
0: I okay, so I started as like an eighteen year old, like just a sophomore in college and Didn't I Did you go to school? I went to Abilene Christian University oh, in West right. Texas.
1: Oh okay. Yeah.
0: It's a division two school. <clears throat> you
1: really shoved that Christian down my yeah, throat. I as really if wanted I was, to make sure I was gonna doubt it. <laughs> I, I believe you.
0: I well, was putting the emphasis on the right syllable, <laughs> I think. Um, so I started doing it, and I really just enjoyed doing it. And it was—I uh, liked teaching, I liked studying the Bible. It was something that I thought I could always have a great deal of interest in learning about.
1: So, yeah, what do you like about it? Like, like, what is that feeling that you get that makes you think this is what's right?
0: I—I I enjoy writing sermons. Uh huh. And so I feel like anyone can enjoy it—like getting on stage and talking in front of people. If, yeah. if you're somewhat competent at it, and people tell you, "Hey, you're great." But I just enjoyed the like the background work of it. I enjoy helping articulate faith. I I enjoy helping uh, people see spirituality in a new way. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I, I... so uh,
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, uh, the reason I ask is is the, these things is sometimes I go back and forth. So I I feel like uh, a textbook description of a comedian is it's, this is someone who's like power motivated because you have huh. you're on stage you're in front of a bunch of people you're con- you're they're all listening to you mm-hmm. uh in theory um <clears throat> and you're convincing them that you're right about something or you're telling a story that you know is good enough and powerful enough to make them laugh and that's a very, it's mm-hmm. like sort of a like power dynamic mm-hmm. but i've always felt like i started doing stand up for intimacy motivated reasons which really? is i like to connect with people and i always thought it would help me meet uh it would help me meet friends, it would help me get jobs, it would help me uh, meet a partner someday really um, and so sometimes I go back and forth between like what am I looking to actually accomplish hmm. and um, and so i 'm always curious when I meet someone who who also talks for a living uh, what yeah like what is your what is your impetus and what is your like what, what makes you the happiest yeah. like when someone like, do you want your parishioners... That's the right word, right? It's a good word. Okay.
0: You can say uh,
1: members. <laughs> People. People. Um, Like, do you want them to laugh? Do you want them to just... To talk about you like... Oh, the, oh, Luke's like cool and young and, and fun. Do you want them...
0: That's actually in my job description. Make them think... <laughs> I read that. Yes, it's right there.
1: Um, Page two. I didn't see cool, it's, young, it's, or fun in this, by the way. This ow, description.
0: That's actually my bio. In my bio, it says... <laughs> Try Does it take, really? No, it doesn't. Stop. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> okay, I think the dark side, like I give you the, the church answer at first, and I probably should apologize for that. The, the worst part, of me that motivated me to be a preacher is like everyone loves a baby preacher and they tell you how great you are. And, oh and yeah. Because in a lot of ways you're uh, perpetuating the story that we're all saying is like the, the Jesus story, the God story is what gives meaning to life. And so we need more people telling it. And yeah. so you're young and like as a little cute kid, you're doing this. And so if you like people telling you how great you are, it's a really great way uh, to get that need met when you're young. Now, yeah. Eventually, that changes. Yeah. But I, I would say the worst, like the dark part that motivated me, could be like the people telling me I'm great.
1: Sure. So it's it's sort of about like, you know, maybe confirming your own belief in yourself, uh, or finding my significance and finding your people significance. Laughing at my
0: jokes or yeah. telling me I'm great because after yeah. church, it, like especially if you you go somewhere <clears throat> new, because most of like that's a difference in your. Can I say art? My art? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Is like you're talking to new audiences. It's a garbage art, but yeah, continue. <laughs> Wait, mine or yours or both? Uh, mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're talking to new people every every time, for the most part. Uh huh. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 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 I- I'm talking to the same people every time, except yeah. if I'm traveling. And when you travel, then people are like, "Oh, you're so wonderful. You're so great." And you can. That's exactly like the actual way people talk in church. Oh, you're so great. That's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so you can start really listening to that and unfortunately using that to get yourself worth, which I think is really destructive.
1: That, that, that must, I feel like there's, I feel like that's uh, so if you have the same, the same people, same parishioners, same followers, I think that's a a good and bad thing, right? Mm -hmm. On the one hand, you have people who are going to tell you you're great almost no matter what. On the other hand, I mean, are you, are you, do you still feel challenged to take, to take it to the next level? To like, Mm. To, to, to continue bettering yourself, or do you could you just grow complacent with that?
0: Interesting. Interesting. See, like, the goal of preaching, ultimately, is to serve a community. Like, you get a group of people that are committed to doing life together yeah. and serving their area together, and that, like, they have – and so your goal is to, like, help create a community of people that are all trying to live – like the jesus way out Mm -hmm. and so that's the ultimate goal and i would assume as a stand-up would it be fair to say like your your goal is you're trying to get your voice out there you're trying to like it's your career to do that to Mm -hmm. is is, am i saying that right
1: i mean absolutely i think uh one thing i always forget about stand-up is i've been doing it long enough that uh, you lose track of how other people view it and like i remember i was uh I was chatting with this guy recently. We were texting back and forth, and and I told him I was a comedian, and he goes, uh, "He's like, he's like, oh, so you make you make people happy and you make people laugh everywhere you go." And I remember, I remember reading that and being like, "Oh, is that what you think? <laughs> the hell are you talking about?" Because <laughs> for me, I've been in it so long. It's it's about competition and a, a, aggression and frustration. And you're, I mean, like I'll go to a show. Really? I'll do a show in, in L.A., and the shows in L.A. generally tend to be, you know, four, five, six, eight comics doing short eight to ten-minute sets. Okay. <clears throat> and maybe you get annoyed that, like, some new guy's kind of good, or uh, or someone tells a joke that you think is stupid, but the audience likes Laughs them. There's it, yeah. all No matter what, I feel like no matter what, you're always playing the game of who did the best that night, who had the best set.
0: Really? So you're always competing against? A
1: little bit. Not like... Not in a bitter, vicious way, but it's always in your head, and you can. Uh, I would say my a very persistent fear of mine is <clears throat> if an audience is good, if the audience is good, like okay. this is oh, it's a good crowd, this is going to be fun. You're like, I just don't want to be their least favorite tonight.
0: Okay, so when I saw you stand up comedy Ian, uh, a couple of weeks ago and perform. Dallas. I don't know what perform. your deal with this word is. I, I just <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you were in Dallas performing <laughs> with Peter. Yeah. Uh, did you did you find yourself like, "Hey, I want to beat Pete tonight and be the funnier no, one?" No,
1: that's a little different because I'm opening for him. He's he's the headliner. Uh he's he's why people paid money. So you're never I, paid I mean, for I think the world of Pete, equal. Uh, well, you're a kind man. I think the world of Pete, and I. Uh, you don't go there in, in that situation. Okay. Your job is to be the opener. You're never going to be their favorite. Uh, all you can do is just be as good as you can and have them enjoy the whole show instead of thinking of you as, like, an irritant in the way of Pete. Oh, um, okay. but I it's... mean, you can gain fans in the process, too. I'm not saying they can't love you, but, like, mm-hmm. Pete is the show. His name is on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I I wouldn't say under those circumstances, but that's a rare opening for someone who has a following is is not mm. most of the shows I do. It's, Ten for good buddy, know, I got you. Yeah. I got you. <clears throat> I understand now. Um, but usually you're
0: competing, so it's like you're you're. Oh wow, that's interesting because. I feel like in my world, I don't want to compete. I,
1: I don't. You feel no competition with no. other so, ministers. So
0: I'm in, in, in California right now because I'm doing a conference in the spring. And some of my good friends are also doing um, the keynotes, I believe, in your world. What would we call that the, the headliners? Sure. Can I say that? Yeah. Uh, I feel like a, a a weird thing to say as a preacher. <laughs> I'm headlining this event. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to say that. And one of my best friends is keynoting like the day after me. And I have zero competition with Wade. Like he is
1: Wade. His name's Wade. Yeah, he's a friend oh, of mine. I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good name. And so I don't like. There's the the success he would have. I don't feel like it would have any effect on the success I would have or wouldn't have.
1: But I mean, it's not that I'm. Um, let me ask you a better question. So let's say you're at a new church. Okay. And uh, your numbers start dwindling.
0: Oh, okay. And they go and,
1: with- and you and you also know via uh the the rumor mill that like some church down the street there it is yeah uh is like their numbers are up.
0: Uh, okay, so I'm <clears throat> comparing because my friend sure. lives four hours away, or three hours from away yeah. from me, and this is just us traveling, doing this on, on the road. It's, it's fun to do. There's
1: always going to be...
0: But the guy down the road, that yeah. is a fair comparison. Yeah. Okay, I get that then.
1: Do, do you worry about that? Do you worry about numbers? Like, are numbers a big thing in,
0: in, the, in the faith? Well, as you know, I'm, my first Sunday is at my new church is like three days from now, mm-hmm. and if everyone leaves the church on the second Sunday and no one's there, yeah, it probably won't be good for my uh,
1: career. Well, here's the worst part. It wouldn't be that fast. <laughs> and that's that's what makes it so miserable is that it would be a slow bleed. Thank, thank you. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if,
0: yeah, if people are are leaving and going to a different church, leadership doesn't like that. Churches don't like that. People don't like seeing their friends leave. Mm-hmm. And so they want – sometimes they say, well, we need to make a change or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not ideal. But, How uh, often
1: does that happen? Um…
0: I really don't know. I mean, I I don't have a lot of friends who I can say, "Oh, you you got This person was fired because they weren't doing a good enough job."
1: What um, what what could you do to what would you do to make that happen? Is it is it does it really all boil down to cuz you're not a boring guy. I'm uh you're to. a young you know, uh, from what I can tell, ex- exciting, you know, thoughtful person. Let me write that down. Well, um, young. I feel like the only way to do that would be if you start clashing politically with, yeah, the, that's, with your parishioners.
0: Yeah, as in political in the sense of like the direction of the church and all yeah. that kind of stuff, or like embezzling money. Uh, that would, well, yeah. Yeah, that would get me fired too. Yeah, I think that's probably more in my <laughs> world. People lose their jobs, not because they aren't good enough or they. Uh, whatever on, on stage I'm doing the air quotes people can't see, yeah. but it's because they're wanting to go different directions than the majority of the church, the leadership wants to go.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it. That's easy to avoid though. I mean, if you're a coward, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, true. But if, if you just kind of, that's the mail in and in that <clears throat> like the minister you're, that we discussed earlier, uh, the minister doesn't really want to stick to their convictions and lead the church where they need to go. Um,
1: that's interesting so there could there could be a time in which you say in which you have a thought or a belief or an opinion and you're like i have to follow through on this Mm -hmm. i like it is it is my it is my role as a believer and my role as a minister to preach what i what i think and how i interpret yes uh these texts and um
0: that sounded very good the way you just like that was very appropriate i
1: would be well Thank yes. you very much. Good job. Those that. Mormons are helping you. So, yeah. Uh, so that would be a scary moment though when you're like I have to I have to do this.
0: Yeah. But but as a stand-up there're plenty of <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're going to make it about me.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm teasing. Were you going somewhere? I was No,
1: I uh, but I was going to I was going to say do you th- do you, do you ever see that happening?
0: Uh well, uh if you're listening to my new church, of course not. <laughs> I would never do that. No, I think that um <laughs> I mean, sometimes churches make decisions and leadership makes decisions that upset people. And, um, it's really hard to project, you know, what five, 10 years from now, but in the past churches I've been a part of, obviously there have been times that, you know, we've made decisions that have ruffled some feathers and ultimately you have to trust that you're doing the right thing, even if the consequences. So what,
1: what in the past, what's a decision that in your past that has ruffled some feathers?
0: Um... You're going to kill me now.
1: Well, you're again. You can edit all you want. I can want. edit this. We're going <laughs> to edit this part out.
0: Um, so the, the previous church I was part of made a stance on gender equality. Huh. And that was, way, I
1: think you talked about this.
0: Yeah, and so the at the previous church we made a stance about gender equality that um, you know, not everyone was behind. And what was the stance? Like
1: that that men and women are equal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, so it was a good stance. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. <laughs> How many women weren't behind that? I mean, I know that's it's a double standard since women are capable of making up their own minds. But, like, <laughs> you'd think that they'd be Here, Here's largely sp- on board with would, equality.
0: Yes. And now I'm <clears throat> not a woman, and I'm just projecting some things I've heard. Of course. But sometimes when there is a push to have a more gender equal stance, it devalues the current things that some women are doing. And so they all of a sudden feel like what they're doing right now doesn't matter as much.
1: That's very tough. Yeah. That's yeah. It, it. It's it's. Um, so women who have decided to, let's say, perhaps not pursue the, the career of their dreams or who decided to. Um,
0: or or people whose like ideal life is I want to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. And when it comes to church, my giftings are I want to work with the kids yeah. or do something behind the scenes, which is fully supportive. And in church, they're just as important, like in God's eyes, those things yeah are just as important as anything else. But if a woman says, you know, my gifts, I want to do more leadership stuff in a more public way. Yeah. Then
1: that's a, that's very interesting. Cause I think, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's like a, it's sometimes progress is, is so subversive mm-hmm. and you are, uh, people's opposition to, to progress can be very subversive, which is, I, I've always had this theory. <clears throat> it's about affirmative action, but okay. again, take out whatever you want. But it's also not that bombastic. Uh, most people. So th- this is my belief. My belief is our society is inherently biased. Okay. That we that and this is you can prove this via studies. For instance, one of my favorite studies is you if you take two identical resumes and you put. Uh, two di- two yeah. different names at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, Brent Sullivan, and one Tyrone Foster. Two two one stereotypically white names, one stereotypically black name. The likelihood of getting a response with a stereotypically black name is half what it is with a white name. Yeah, F- the famous study. Uh, and so in trying, uh, when I uh, argue about affirmative action or have these debates with friends or whatever. <clears throat> you're saying, okay, so the world is in bias, and we sh- we should correct for inherent institutional biases okay. um, The problem with that is uh, you're suggesting to someone l- let me let me start from a different place. Most people think they could be doing better, so even if you 're a successful guy. Uh, studies have also shown that most people think they could and should be doing better. They should be making more money. They could be in a better job. Even CEOs sometimes think I could be doing a better job. Yeah. So when you're saying, oh, our our society is actually tilted and you're the one who's r- reaping the benefits of it and then combine that with the fact that they already think they're useless, then people start to reject. They start to push back. Hmm. they start to say no don't tell me that so and so is actually more deserving of this job or this or this group or these people deserve uh additional consideration because you're saying uh I'm I'm receiving that additional consideration and I already think I suck
0: hmm. I think
1: that my belief is that's where opposition to affirmative action comes is like it's like this subversive... I don't think anyone would acknowledge it. And surely I could be wrong, but that's yeah. my belief. Interesting. And again, feel free to take all of that out. No, we're going to leave that <laughs> in. That's interesting. That's uh, really
0: good. But it's a, it's a hard thing to be the spokesperson who is pushing back on systems that are unjust, that are tilted. Yeah. And I think in the world of, of stand-up, you, you people, you do that. Like You push back against things that are mm-hmm. tilted. I, I saw in, uh, in Pete's show... He does he does a bit critiquing uh, strip clubs, yeah. Which, in my world, we do that too. We're not a big fan of strip clubs. Most we sure we we uh, no put keep the clothes on <laughs>
1: as you take your taking off my hoodie. Okay, as you take that off.
0: Um, and so there, <laughs> and you do a bit uh, about. Um, sexually harassing guys. Yeah. as a uh a
1: little role reversal.
0: Yeah, as a role reversal. And you you did that and I'm listening to you do that uh as as a homosexual American.
1: You're listening to me as a homosexual American. Well, y- that's what Yeah. I for this Cl- clarify a heterosexual American listening M- to. <laughs> Luke, I yes.
0: <laughs> yes, that's me. That's you. Okay, so heterosexual... <laughs> but I'm listening to that and I had a a minister friend uh teach about that and he said uh, some, there was some like Jock who was like um, Yeah some gay guy Checked me out I was so mad about this I want to like Punch him in the face mm-hmm. And the minister Friend of mine I was in college He was older And he said no, it's good for you – for that to happen to you because what do you think girls feel like when you do that to them all the time?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you did the exact – you did that as uh, maybe a little bit bluer <laughs> as you, you people yeah, that
1: say. Yeah, one, that, that one's probably my bluest joke, sure.
0: Okay, but you, you make the same point. Yeah. And so you're pushing back like this – how can people be upset about this when you guys do the exact same thing to other people? And so do you – like in, in my world, that would be like making a prophetic stance, like you're speaking prophetically against something that's unjust. Do you think about that like I want to make a prophetic stance against or a
1: I don't know whatever you language yeah. you would use. Uh no, I know what you mean. Um <coughs> of course I know exactly what you mean. You know, I think I think it's like any creative endeavor like uh where th- you know that is that is a uh, d- d- background into this joke. I used to uh when I get drunk I like to send out gregarious text messages to friends of mine celebrating the fact that i'm drunk and occasionally i just do it uh i'll just sexually harass my male friends because comics are very very open and liberal and it's never ever been close to a problem
0: and kids this is why you shouldn't drink at home this is why <laughs> right, this preacher is why luke tells <laughs> you don't <laughs> do that okay.
1: um uh but i also and so i just thought so i just started reading these texts on stage because they're so ridiculous mm-hmm. um but then, at a certain point, I'm like, "Oh, this is I should give it like a different intro, and I should kind of oh, okay. make it a little bit more because it it is sort of an an opinion and a belief that that I I'm taking, which is like, let's kind of do a role reversal here." Yeah. But I I think it's also like I've I've read, um, I've read exchanges, you know, on some blog or something. They'll show like some exchange between some famous author and a fan saying, "You know what what was your intention on on page three hundred ninety four yeah, yeah. in chapter twelve of?" Of, um, is that me right now? Brooke, yeah, that was, no. that's me right but, now. And, and, and the, the author will, will write back, I have no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> like, you know, you're reading too far into this. Um, I mean, if for me, so you,
0: that was just funny to you. Like, you thought yeah. this is funny, yes, and
1: we're gonna eventually spin it. In. But I also, like, I wouldn't, I'm trying to think if I have a joke. I have a joke, I mean, it's not that funny. I you have a joke I used to use a long time ago that it has the R word in it. And I've since stopped using that word, so I won't okay. do that joke anymore. I think uh, if I did a joke that, like, I felt, like, genuinely put women down or whatever or any other, like, distinct yeah. group, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I am I don't, like sit at home and weave necessarily.
0: You don't think, hey, I want to make a stance about something, and so I'm going to make a bit about it.
1: No. In that case, no.
0: Okay, so after uh, the most recent shooting, uh, I believe this one was in Oregon. Yeah, you'll
1: have to stipulate, because this one might not go up for another two months.
0: Yeah, that's... um, um, About the shooting, not this. I mean, it's sad. <laughs> pocket. Both are sad. One not
1: about one. your editing schedule, about about yeah, the no. sla- slaughter of innocent lives.
0: Yeah, but after that, I had friends on the left and on the right posting different things about you know their side, and each of them were you know making strawman argument about the other side, of course, as you do on Facebook. And one of the ones was uh, from the left for more gun control was a uh, Australian comic who did a bit about how in Australia they got rid of guns and yeah. how to, and so it's like this five or ten minute bit that he's doing that is a strong political stance. Yeah. And so I don't like. I think he intentionally wrote that bit because he had a political view that he was going to use his microphone to address.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how sometimes I feel like uh, the left and the right respond differently to uh, uh, to measures of like uh, of getting your word out. So I think the right. So if, if we're going to look at politics, the right has these very bombastic characters. Rush. Lim- they've got a bunch too. Rush Limbaugh um Hannity's I mean nothing compared I mean Hannity and and O'Reilly are watered down compared to um god how am I blanking on all their names Glenn Beck Mm -hmm. uh I mean pretty pretty extreme folks either way and then the left I think tends like we don't have that many um like talk show icons that are on a daily basis talking about liberalism for four hours a day, like but Rush when, Limbaugh. Now, some would say, like... But we have the Daily Show. have the Daily Show. Have the daily we show. have humor, and there's art. Oh, okay. So and you, so I feel like a lot of... Perfor- I mean, performers tend to skew left, I yeah. mean, 95%, at least in my experience, yeah. stand up 95% of the time. Oh, so So I've always wondered, like, is there some difference in the message that lends itself more to being shouted at by rush limbaugh for the right and then being laughing about something with john stewart from the left from the left interesting yeah because like i don't know
0: yeah because there's no right equivalent of bill maher that's i i I guess um yeah
1: i guess i guess bill maher counts as yeah i mean he's at this point he's left although his show used to be called politically incorrect uh
0: but yeah, but he's left, and he's but he's a comedian. I mean, that's right. Like, John Stewart's a comedian. Right. He's a comedian, whatever he is. Right. Uh, he's unemployed right now. Uh, yeah, that's let's, true. Let's send him a food basket so he can make. <clears throat> yeah, tea. I'm sure he's struggling. Yeah. So left tends itself to more the arts, the comedy, the mm-hmm. right, more the interesting.
1: But is, is there something inherent in in the viewpoint, in the message, or or the fundamentals that like uh, leans itself more towards like you'll get it more if. Uh, You'll get my message about anti-gun control more if I just shout at you instead of making you laugh. Hmm. There aren't a yeah, ton of super liberal. Uh, I'm sorry, super conservative comics. I mean, there's Dennis Miller. There's a few. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but um, and Dennis Miller doesn't do much stuff anymore. You know, he hasn't. At least in the last few years that I've been paying attention, he hasn't been doing much um, ever since
0: that gig on Monday Night Football. It's also cool.
1: like I'm obsessed. So I, I do. Uh, I love watching Christian stuff on YouTube. <clears throat> I'm obsessed with christian rock i'm obsessed with it with the Gather vocal band uh i know you're you're not happy mm-hmm. i'm obsessed with there were these guys in oklahoma uh who have a like a christian basically like it's like the like the show jackass like a like a jackass youtube channel but at the end of every video they preach sure. so there's like my favorite video ever it's they're oh it's called skunks tv my favorite video of theirs is they get they, they get sprayed in the face with pepper spray. And so that's that's the stunt, that's the challenge. Okay. It's you know 7 minutes of them clawing their eyes out. It's awful, it's miserable in like the last 30 seconds. They're like, "Guys, this is the worst thing we've ever done. It's awful. It was excruciating, unbearable, which I'm sure is nothing compared to an eternity in hell." So start going out there, saving lives, preaching. God bless you all. And it was just like really this is your, this is your method, but I, I still is love it. it. it what does it make you
0: like? What, obviously you're, you're watching it ironically. What does it make you feel about Christianity when you see that?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, nothing, it, it, nothing about Christianity. You just think about I, I those guys. I just think about those guys. Okay. I just think it's so silly. Uh, and I, by the way, I didn't know that they were re- religious at all until the end. Until the end. Uh, I watch that video like every three months. You, you know,
0: what we call me. that, we call that a Jesus yes. juke.
1: Oh, so it's like you're like psyching someone out.
0: Well, at the very end it's like um hey, I'll, um I'll let you go first because otherwise you'll be the first one to go to hell or something. Like you just make some cheesy Jesus move. Um Is that what is
1: that considered like the worst way to 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 win over hearts and minds?
0: Yeah, it's like we make fun of like we Christian makes fun of ourselves when we do that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's mm-hmm. a it's a phrase that's a derogatory term. playful yeah. derogatory term. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's not a that's not something we're really we're really. <laughs> that
1: yeah, you're, I don't think you're going after. What if like what if you like your first sermon at the new church was uh, you getting sprayed <laughs> in the face with pepper spray? Did you look
0: at my notes? Because that's actually what I'm doing. What if I did that to you right now? I was like, hey, I'm going to spray this pepper so... <laughs> spray, or you say this prayer and you go to heaven for it eternity. Would
1: actually, that would be amazing. Would it work? Okay, let me grab. All right, let's go. Brain. Let's see.
0: Oh goodness.
1: Um, so, uh, but we were talking about stand up earlier. Yes. I know I keep I keep meandering from stand-up. Um, I had a question for you, but I'm forgetting now.
0: Uh, if you're asking, will I open for you opening for Pete tonight at Largo? The answer is no. I got to get back to Texas.
1: Oh, okay, okay, I'm cool. Really, <laughs> I'm
0: really sorry. I know you're. Gonna Are you flying me.
1: out today? I
0: am. I fly out at uh, six o'clock.
1: Oh, okay. Did yeah. you have a good trip?
0: It was good. Yeah, I mean, it was to, to Malibu. It's kind of hard not to have a good time. I still here.
1: haven't been. I've been in L.A. for almost three years, and I've never well, been in Well, you know what?
0: When I'm keynoting in the spring, I'll send you to well. invitation. Excuse me.
1: Headlining. <laughs> Headli- are you headlining? Well,
0: now I sound like a...
1: Well, Mr. Ego. <laughs> that is as unchristlike as anything I could imagine. You are power-motivated, you I monster. Am, I am. I am. <clears throat> Dude, this has been fun. Thanks for the time. Absolutely, thanks for uh, thanks for talking with me. Yeah, you- Yeah, that's like an hour on the dot. We're done. All right. Bye. Thanks for
0: checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.